0: You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. Thirty years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. The weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 359, entitled, Red Flags to Watch Out for When Quoting Lawns. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate it uh, that you guys are tuning in each and every weekend for the uh, questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys have been sending through. Uh, As always, I really do appreciate that. Uh, hoping you guys are uh well into the swing of things as uh, you should be by now, uh, here uh, towards the end of May. Uh, although for me, uh, the continuing uh, story seems to be uh, that weather here. It has been just uh, pretty uh, amazing, actually, to think about the fact that uh, it just it feels like the fall. Uh, it's just crazy <laughs> here uh, that uh, it just continues all through the month of May of being uh, wet days and uh, overcast with only a few glimpses of sunshine throughout the whole month. Uh, Literally like just a day here or there uh, where we've had sun followed by like three, four, uh, five days in a row of overcast and uh, wet weather. Uh, It's just been uh pretty crazy uh you know and this is coming from you know uh, a guy who has been doing this uh, for 17 years here in the Pacific Northwest and i cannot remember a past year where uh the the month of may has been like this like it is Cold outside. Like I'm, uh, you know, we're a a day away from June here. Uh, Typically, you know, the start of the summer uh, months happening. And I'm still, you know, long pants, um, my polo, a sweatshirt, and then a fleece vest uh, has been what I've been wearing like every day uh, out there while I'm working and mowing lawns. Uh, It's just been crazy. Just, it's just, uh, and everybody I talk to is just, they're on the, the, they're in the same boat, they're just completely uh, over it uh, in terms of uh, just that Pacific uh, Northwest uh, weather that we've uh, just seems to be extended from the fall uh, through uh, uh, the spring here, hasn't, doesn't even feel like spring. Um, the days have been getting warmer, I will say that, uh, that it has been getting a little bit warmer at certain times, but it's just always overcast and, uh, and that, so uh, yeah, it just feels just very strange, just a very, uh, so you know, I, after last year's all those crazy weather events that we had here, um, you know, I don't put uh, past Mother Nature for anything that she's uh, going to be serving up. Uh, for us. But uh, hopefully you guys are uh, in uh, better conditions in terms of uh, sunshine and blue skies and stuff like that. Uh, Because like I said, uh, in the past, you know, this is a very um, tough job to uh, do labor intensive job, uh, particularly if you're uh, doing a lot of these uh, smaller properties like I do, uh, where you're having to push mow or use, you know, smaller mowers where you're basically walking behind (laughs) mowers all day long and to have to deal with wet grass um you know it's uh, or rain uh, in uh, cases uh can be uh, very um tough uh mentally uh, to have to uh, do it day in and day out Uh, when you're uh, in the cold uh, and uh, wet and stuff. So, you know, I uh, absolutely commend anybody uh, working along uh, the West Coast, uh, Pacific Northwest, from, you know, British Columbia, uh, Washington, Oregon. Uh, If you are uh, dealing with similar conditions uh, anywhere else in the world, uh, that, uh, you know, I absolutely commend you, uh, for, uh, uh, doing it. Uh, like I said, this has been, um, a very challenging, uh, season, uh, so far because of that. And, uh, you know, if last year was any indication, uh, with the summer, um, going through heat domes and stuff like that, uh, you know, uh, I was telling my wife, like, we're going through like this, you know, overcast and wet and all that stuff. And then it's probably like, just going to, change, like straight to like heat dome, no rain, uh, super hot dry lawns and all that. It's like there's no uh, sort of happy medium that like two months of, uh, you know, uh, really nice uh, sort of weather with lawns growing really nice and all that sort of stuff. So Hopefully that isn't the case. Hopefully, um, you know we get a milder summer uh, that allows us to, uh, you know, be able to uh, go out there and enjoy uh, the mowing and stuff. Because, uh, like I say uh, in the past, you know, uh, when uh, the skies are blue and the sun is shining, um, then it's you know, it, mowing lawns uh, can be really, really tough to beat uh, when you're out there, uh, out there uh, mowing lawns in those uh, sort of nicer conditions. So uh, commend all of you guys if you're uh, in the, on the West Coast, in the Pacific Northwest, and going through the same sort of conditions. I feel you. I get it. I'm going through the same thing. Uh, it is, uh, uh, like I said, emotionally, uh, or not emotionally, but mentally, uh, uh, you have to be very, very mentally tough to do that day in and day out. But uh, as they say, uh, you know, uh, after the winter, um the spring uh will arrive at some point uh eventually uh so uh hopefully uh you know we get uh that nicer weather coming through so this uh week's episode, I wanted to uh talk a little bit about uh red flags uh to watch out for uh when you're quoting lawns uh so these are things that again uh over the past uh, 17 years of me, uh, mowing lawns, uh, where, you know, I've gone out and, you know, I've done a ton of quoting, of obviously over 17 years, uh, being in this business. These are just some of the things that kind of stood out for me and have stood out for me, uh, over the years where now, if, you know, these types of things pop up, uh, these are customers that I typically, uh, will avoid, uh, if I go and look at a property and see some of these things or uh, talk to a client and they bring up uh, some of these types of points. Now, the, the thing to remember with this is that everybody's business is going to be different. Uh, obviously, every person is different. Uh, how I run my business uh will be different from how you run your business, what my costs are operating uh, my business here uh, on the west coast of Canada and probably, you know, one of the, uh, if not the most expensive, you know, area in uh, North America to live Um is going to be different from where you are. So what I have to charge, what my uh, you know profitable hourly rate is uh, that I base quotes on and all that sort of stuff is going to be different from what you uh, charge. So with all of these um, red flags and things that I look out for, in a lot of cases, these are things that for me are red flags, but for you necessarily, it may not be a red flag. I know for a lot of you, they will be. Uh, but, uh, a lot of it has to do with, uh, what the current stage, uh, that you're in in your business, whether you are just starting out in your business, uh, and this is your first season or whether, uh, you know you are a few years along or a uh, a very uh, well established business maybe in your you know 10th season or uh you know 12th season or 17 seasons like uh I'm currently going through then that's all going to uh play a part uh the other thing as well is with these red flags these are things that I've observed working in, uh, the city. Uh, so, and, and, working sort of, uh, I would say, uh, not in the lowest sort of income areas of the city, uh, but also not in the high end, uh, part of the city. So sort of right there in the middle, uh, where you have, um, you know, some uh, typical neighborhood neighborhoods uh, where you're going to have a mix of people living uh, in these uh, types of neighborhoods, and you're going to have a, a typical mix of uh, the types of properties you're going to come across on any given day. Uh, this is uh, the sorts of things, uh, you know, that I've come across, uh, like I said, over the past 17 years. And uh, now, being in that 17th season, and, you know, being pretty well established, uh, knowing exactly uh, the target customer that I want, um, the areas that I want to work in, um, the types of properties that I want to work in. Like I said, these are the red flags now uh, that I look out for uh, and will avoid. Uh, You know, these uh, types of properties uh, that, uh, you know, I just... uh, not the type of client, not my ideal client, uh, we'll say. So I'm just going to play this week's uh, sponsored ad, and then uh, we'll get uh, into it right after this. So stay tuned. In lawn care today, with the right equipment, you can do jobs quickly and correctly. Hi, Jonathan Guinari here. As a product manager at Z-Turf Equipment, I'm focused on innovations that help you get jobs done faster without sacrificing the quality your customers expect. From our acclaimed Z Spray Spreader Sprayers to our Z Air 8 line and beyond, you can do more in less time. Visit zturfequipment.com today to learn more about our innovative line of products. Okay, so the red flag number one. Uh, so, uh, actually, before we get into the red flags, a little bit about what my target customer is for my particular business. And like I say, uh, for your business, this may be completely different, you may have a completely, you know, different set uh, or of, uh, you know, things that uh, make up your ideal customer. For me, these are clients that live Uh, in my uh, area, essentially, in in you know what I would classify uh, as my root uh, or territory, Uh, I still got sort of that mindset of uh, you know from when I started in the the franchise system, and you know you were uh, defined a certain territory. Um, in my head, that I have that territory of where I work. I will not take work outside of that territory, outside the boundaries of that territory. And it's a very, very small area um, that I work in. Oh, and that I, you know, uh, target, uh, uh, that I want customers or to pick up new customers in uh, as well is uh, just all in that uh, particular uh, small uh, area. Uh, Also, uh, the types of clients uh, that I like are, uh, you know, ones that... You know, I have, I talk about all the time of having my uh, my policies and my, um, you know, sort of expectations and uh, sort of my uh, terms of service in my lawn care business that, you know, I only mow lawns uh, weekly. Uh, so I only take on uh, weekly lawn mowing clients now. Um, that, uh, you know, they have to be uh, credit card on file, that, you um, know, uh, you know, basically uh, following all those sort of uh, terms and conditions uh, that I set out uh, is sort of that, uh, that ideal uh, customer for me. So these are sorts of those things that when I go through uh, and I go and, uh, you know, talk to a client or they'll email me after I've quoted them, And this happens, uh, you know, quite often as well. Uh, You know, on my website, I have, uh, you know, the book a job or request a free quote uh, form that people can set up. And, you know, I do this because it uh, obviously saves a lot of time. It, um, gives me all the information that I need, uh, when a customer's, uh, requesting a quote uh, in terms of like their address and all that sort of stuff. And I can do some initial sort of research in terms of like Google maps and seeing, you know, where is that property? Are they in that, uh, area uh, that I'm targeting? Uh, I can do like a street view and kind of get, uh, an initial, um, you know, look at the house, um from whenever, you know, that last photo of that house on Google, Google Street View was taken. That familiarizes myself with the area. A lot of times it's, you know, on a street that I may already work on. So by, you know, um, looking at a picture of the house, I'll already recognize uh, where that house is. So I can determine then whether or not, um, you know, I'm going to go and have a look at it, um, uh, you know, if I say if a, a lawn um, is on a street that I already mowed, but I maybe mowed it yesterday, I was on that street. So I'm not, you know, scheduled to go to see that house again. And this typically uh, will happen because people will see you there working. So you'll get a call, uh, you know, the next day uh, or so because, you know, they, they see you maybe on their uh, travels or going back home or something like that they take down uh, your name off your trailer. And then you know, maybe that evening, um, you know, after they've unwound for the evening, you know, had dinner and all that stuff, they'll look you up and then uh, see the website and then go there and, and uh, enter a submission. And so I'll get, you know, typically it happens all the time where I'll get a, an estimate um, or a request for an estimate the day after I was on that street. Uh, so then, you know, by quickly looking on Google Maps, I can see and then I can determine, hey, do I want to go look at this house uh, and wait a whole week until I'm back on that street, which is typically what I try to do. Um, but because my root density has gotten uh, so good um, that there's a lot of times where, you know, I might be passing that street anyways, uh, going to a different area because, you the areas are so, the roots are so dense. So I might look at it and go, oh, okay, it's just over there. I'll, you know, I'll just swing uh, past, well, as I'm driving past that street again, uh, you know, today on my next route that I'll go and just have a quick look so I can get that uh, quote in uh, as soon as possible. So, you know, I try to uh, qualify it and, and do that and, and looking at, uh, uh, you know, those types of things when people are, um, you know, requesting a a submission. But it's interesting because as I've explained before, uh, when people do request a quote, you know, all of my, uh, you know, I've got some initial um, things on the website. Like it says that I'm only taking on clients uh, that want weekly mowing, um, for example, uh, that we're only taking on, uh, you know, weekly lawn mowing uh, clients. But what's interesting is, the amount of times that I'll get, um, a request for an estimate and, you know, in the notes section, because, uh, the frequency of mowing isn't something that they can select on the form. So it's just, you're, you're requesting a quote for weekly mowing when you fill out that form, but then they'll fill out, uh, in the notes section where I can, they can give me some sort of like special instructions or something about, you know, when they'll be home or, you know, uh, where. we um, how to, you know, get to the back lawn or something like that. If there's, you know, some issue with the gate or something like that. Um, and they'll put in there, you know, looking for, uh, biweekly mowing or every two weeks only, uh, you know, and sort of stuff. So it's funny how, you know, you can still put all that stuff on the website. You can still put, um, those types of things. And then, you know, they still, um, sort of don't, catch a clue sometimes. And they'll still uh, request a, a quote and say, you know, we only want biweekly mowing. And it's like, you know, I would shake my head because I'm like, well, it says there clearly in multiple areas that we're only doing, we only offer weekly mowing. So, you know, um, the next time you're at McDonald's, try and order a a, you know, a, a stake and see what they say, uh, sort of thing, right? It's like, it's it's not what they advertise. So don't expect to get, uh, you know, what they, uh, they're advertising. Or uh, the other thing is uh, in that sort of initial uh, part on my website where it says, uh, you know, only taking on weekly clients. It also says only taking on uh, weekly clients in, and I say in that area that I live in. And the amount of times people will um, send in quotes from outside of that area anyways, um, and from like well outside that area, like from uh, just completely different spots is like, like, did you not read? Did you not, um, you know, look at that? Uh, so it's, it's, it's always funny to me when I see that, um, uh, because it's just like one of those things. It's just like, why would you... Again, why would you fill out or request something uh, from a business that clearly doesn't offer that, uh, has it in writing in multiple places? So, you know, you still, regardless of what your policies are, and when I, you know, quote somebody and uh, send them that email quote that I've talked about in the last few weeks uh, here on the podcast about, uh, you know, how I have that template that I send out, and it has all of my policies written. I will still from time to time get people that respond to it, and again they'll ask like can i can we get um we a bi weekly mowing? can we uh pay by cash can we you know all sorts of questions that you'll get from people that want to um you know kind of circumvent uh some of those policies and again to me it's like If the business that you are requesting a quote from has gone to the trouble of including all of those policies in writing with your estimate, then of course they're not going to. There's a reason why all that stuff is written uh, on an estimate. So, like I said... Depending on your business and depending on the stage of your business, you know, some of these red flags will pop up. And if you're just starting out your business, these aren't things that are like absolutely, you know, stay away from these clients. uh, Because again, on that scale, on that teeter-totter that I uh, talk about all the time, where when you're starting your business, you have more time than you have jobs, then it can be worth it to do properties, even if some red flags are popping up, depending on what your uh, spidey senses (laughs) are telling you uh, when you're on that property, always listen to your intuition. Um, You know, uh, if you're on a property and something doesn't feel right, um, if you're talking to a client and something doesn't feel right, then listen to that. Uh, first and foremost, and walk away. Uh, but if it's just something that is, uh, you know, like uh, you're, you'd like to do weekly clients, but a client wants only every two weeks, well, then, you know, that's up to you. Whether or not that works for your business in the uh, interim, Um Because again, if you're just starting out, and you have more time than you have jobs, and you know what, it's, you know, probably better to do biweekly mows and actually have uh, work to do and get yourself out there and get experience and have your um, trailer with its signage and stuff like that, uh, being visible to the public, then you know, having it sit in your driveway at home while you twiddle your thumbs because you don't have jobs to do. Later on in your business, when you are much more established uh, and you have regular clients and you've had some clients for years and you're like me and you're focusing in on a specific area only and you have, uh, you know, a very set, strict, strict, set of rules uh, that, uh, you know, I'm only taking clients this doesn't matter to me. Uh, You know, I will uh, walk away from uh, new clients, if they don't fit these criteria, it it doesn't bother me at all, they have to fit in the criteria. Because what I've learned is, uh, with my own personality, uh, and just, you know, that sort of thing is that, If I succumb to taking on clients that aren't my ideal types of clients, then, or, you know, take on clients that I would deem as not appreciative of what I offer, of, you know, and they don't understand the value that. I bring to the table versus all the other lawn care companies in terms of my reliability and trustworthiness and all the sorts of things that I uh, pride myself on, then I know that I will be miserable every single week or, you know, that I'm on their property mowing their lawn, that I won't, you know, want to be there. I won't, you know, Uh, like being there. Uh, I will uh, detest having to go to that property on those days. I just know it from experience, from uh, the years of doing this Uh, versus when you have a customer that understands the policies, they uh, are willing to play by those and accept those policies and you feel appreciated by them. Those are the clients that, you love to go and visit, that you go uh, and uh, service their properties, and it's the ones that you look forward to each and every week uh, and make your job enjoyable. You spend so much time of your life uh, working. it You should try to make it as enjoyable as possible. You know, specifically with something like lawn care, I will 100% admit that, you know, there's days that I enjoy doing lawn care, as I talked about before, you know, when the skies are blue and it's sunny and you're out there, there's nothing better. But there's a lot of times where I don't enjoy doing lawn care. Uh, when it's cold and it's wet outside and you're dealing with wet grass, um, or, you know, uh, you're dealing with customers that aren't appreciative that, um, uh, I wouldn't say nitpicky cause you know, it's been years, um, you know, it's been so long since I've had customers like that, um, but, you know, occasionally, from time to time, you do get customers that um, try to uh, take advantage of um, the situation, uh, and it's usually new clients that, uh, you know, sign up each and every year, and that's where I adjust those policies in my business. So, one of the very first red flags to me uh, that I learned very quickly uh, on, and, and you'll um, get this one right away, is when a customer doesn't want to commit to a scheduled mow. Uh, This is one of those things. And again, from experience, I had a client um, very early on uh, where, you know, even a bi-weekly mowing, even a once a month mowing, uh, they wouldn't commit to. They wanted to phone me when they deemed the lawn needed mowing. Now, why is this a big deal? Why does it matter? You're asking yourself, why does it matter? Like if the person wants their lawn mowed, who cares if they're the ones phoning you? Well, here's the thing, is that it would be all right uh, if, you know, if they wanted to phone you when they think the lawn needs mowing, so long as... You are free to adjust the price each and every time, based on whatever you deem uh, is necessary in terms of how much time it takes, um, you know what's expected, um, you know all the different variables that may come into play depending on, you know w- what the circumstances are. If uh, you know the customer's calling you every three weeks, or once a month or after 5 weeks or whatever and they want a lawn mow and then you know they expect that you know the first time you go there cuz this is typically what happens the first time you go you know especially if you're just starting out you go and quote a lawn you're going to tell them how much it costs to cut and then You know, you're going to try to sign them up. And like I said, when I started out, I had this one customer that they wanted to phone me each and every time. They wouldn't commit to even a two-week cut. And so I'd give them a price for whatever it was, you know, $35 or whatever I was charging them at the time for lawn mowing. And then they wouldn't call for three, four weeks. Then they would finally call and say, I need you to cut the lawn on Friday. And, you know, they might be calling like on a Wednesday or something like that, giving me a couple days notice. And it's like, well, how do you know I can even fit you in on the Friday? Uh, For one, is it completely out of the way for me to go to this neighborhood to go mow this lawn on a Friday? And they would expect that I'm going to now mow this lawn for $35, the same as I did you know, the last cut, and the last cut may have not been, uh, you know, as bad. So that's, you know, for me, a huge red flag is customers that don't want to commit to scheduled mowing. I understand if a customer is, you know, um, going through, let's say, financial uh, troubles, or doesn't have the disposable income uh, to mow the lawn, or things like that. Uh, I totally get that, 100%. They have, you know, every right within reason. And I only say that because obviously the city will probably have bylaws in place on terms of, you know, you can't just let your lawn um, go uncut for the whole year. Uh, sort of thing, right? It's got to be, you know, fairly, you know, taken care of. You can't have like six foot tall grass outside your house. Um, So, you know, within reason, they have every right. But I also, as a homeowner, or sorry, as a business owner, uh, have every right to refuse their service if that's not the type of customer or property that I want to deal with. So, and again, like I say, I understand, you know, when they you know, come across financial hardships and things like that, but my experience more times than not have been where, you know, I'll get there and, you know, they don't want it mowed very often, yet there's like a perfectly good working lawnmower you know, right there in their backyard. And they'll have a teenager at home, uh, you know, playing video games or something like that. And it's like, well, if you can't afford a lawn service, then why not just mow it yourself or get your teenager to mow it? And, you know, go that. So that's sort of... Uh, what I have found more often than not, that it's not, you You know, a lot of times you get into that because, uh, you know, clients that have pride in their properties and in the neighborhoods that they live in will always um, get that sort of scheduled mowing done even if it's, you know, asking uh, for a bi-weekly cut, um, you know, every two weeks or even every 10 days or whatever the case, they, they still will commit to those scheduled mows, um, even if they're not as frequent. So if a customer doesn't want to uh, commit to a scheduled MO, that's a huge red flag for me and, and one that I'm not, a customer that I'm not interested in. Uh, I take it, Again, like I said, a step further, where you know over the years, I st- you know in the beginning I started doing uh, two week cuts and ten day cuts and all that sort of stuff, and I just learned for me that I don't like doing those. A lot of a lot of that has to do with ten uh, uh, day cuts are are garbage. Don't even don't even start your business offering that. Uh, you will. It's almost impossible to get root density uh, dealing with 10 day cuts. If you have, you know, some clients on a street that will have weekly cuts and maybe some clients in that same street that want bi weekly cuts, those will work together because you're always going to that street each week, anyways, to mow those weekly cuts. So having a customer or two that wants a biweekly cut on those same streets is fine because you're there on the same day each week. But then you throw in a 10-day cut that always lands on a different day each time that 10 days is up, completely throws off the whole schedule that you will be there you know, on that day for those weekly and biweekly cuts. But you can't cut that 10-day cut because it's not the day. But then you got to come back a few days later to do that cut. They're just absolute. Garbage. Don't even bother with 10 day cuts. Uh, you know, base all of your cutting on weekly or bi weekly cuts because even then, a once a month cut will still, you'll still be able to line that up on, um, you know, the weekly or bi weekly sort of schedule. So in my business over the years, you know, I've trimmed even those down i don't do the bi-weekly cuts got rid of the 10-day cuts pretty much within the first six months i saw how much those were uh, a pain the once a month cuts again were things that was like it's not even not even worth the time doing um you know i did bi-weekly and weekly for the longest time and then i switched um you know, after about a year or two uh, to just weekly cuts. That's all I focused on was uh, what I refer to as the weekly as needed service where it's weekly through the spring and fall uh, when the grass grows the most here uh, for everybody, no exception. And in the summertime, it goes to a biweekly cut for lawns that don't uh, grow as quickly and stays weekly for clients that are fertilized and watered and all that sort of stuff. And that has been sort of the the magic sauce for me in terms of that part. But again, completely depends on your business and what you want to, um, you know, what stage of your business you're in. The next red flag for me that pops up uh, from time to time is, you know, I give a customer their quote and, you know, I Tell them about uh, how I bill once a month and it's, you know, to their credit card on file and all that sort of stuff. And they do, uh, you know, they they only want to pay cash. They don't want to give me their credit card or they want to pay by check. Those are no goes for me. I've had a couple of those uh, in, you know, recent years uh, where the customer is, uh, you know, adamant about paying by check or cash and I just walk away. Not interested, because I learned early on that one of the biggest things that I hate in this business is chasing money, is doing work and having to collect payment after. And, you know, I've even tried... Doing, you know, thinking you know, before I was doing credit card payments and all that sort of stuff. I was even thinking about, you know, I I had customers I've talked about uh, on the podcast about having customers who would pay me uh, in advance uh, that day, and they would leave money for me under the mat, in the mailbox, in their barbecue cover, and I'd show up. But the problem is that they would forget, so I would show up, and then I'd still be in a predicament of, do I mow the lawn? They forgot to leave money. Do I? Mow it and hope to collect next week, or do I skip it? And now, if I skip it this week, now next week I come to mow the lawn and I got to do twice the amount of work. And you know, do I charge them more for that? I have to talk to them about that. It just becomes a huge pain in the butt. Uh, So, I don't do any cash or Check uh, payments anymore. It's one hundred percent strictly credit card on file. That's the only way in my business. And again, like I say, depending on the stage of your business, if you're just starting out, depending on the area, all that sorts of thing, There's so many variables you have to decide for yourself whether you know this is something that would be a red flag for you. If you are trying to, uh, you know, get into that whole credit card on file type of uh, a system like I have, then it's something that at one point or another, the only way to do that is to have a policy that is 100%. This is the policy. It's credit card on file or nothing. Um, Without doing that, without kind of putting your foot down, that that is the policy, then you're always going to be in that, um, you know, sort of uh, zone of sometimes you're going to have customers pay by check. Sometimes you're going to have customers do the cash thing if you're giving them the option. If you give them no option other than credit card on file, then that's how they pay is credit card on file. So for me, that's a red flag is when they want to pay by cash or check only. Um, whether it's, uh, you know, and, and you get that, uh, on the on the cash only side, you get the, the customers who are, they want to pay by cash because they don't want to give you a credit card number because you may be a stranger, um, to them and all that sort of stuff. And again, not so much of an issue if your branding, uh, is on point, uh, and you, um, you know present yourself with a professional image i've had you know i've talked about it uh, you know a hundred times on this podcast at least uh where having a professional image uh has been that thing that gives people that reassurance that you are not uh you know a chuck in a truck uh just you know going around and you're gonna you know it gives them confidence seeing the branding seeing the uniforms and all that that they can trust you with their credit card number so that is uh uh, you know that uh so you have uh customers who would want to pay by cash if they sort of don't have confidence in you if you're just showing up in a beat up old truck or you have old equipment and all that sort of stuff it's going to be a harder sell for them to give you your credit card. But you also have customers that are going to, you know, want to do the, uh, you know, can I pay by cash, meaning, you know, with no tax? Can I just pay you under the table with no tax? Uh, and again, for me, not interested. Uh, and it's an easy way. I always tell them, uh, you know, it doesn't matter um, I say, for me, it doesn't make sense to do that. Everything has to be above board uh, in my business, and I say because it doesn't matter how much cash I have falling out of my pockets. But every five years, or whatever the case may be, when I got to go to the bank and refinance my mortgage, or you know, say I want to finance a, a vehicle or something like that, if I don't have you know all of my income and stuff above board and recorded, it doesn't help me. Uh, Sure, I got to pay taxes on it. Sure, I got to do all that. But it is what it is. We all have to pay taxes. We all have to, uh, you know, uh, contribute uh, to that, uh, to schools and hospitals and all that sort of stuff uh, that all those uh, tax dollars and things go to. But again, you know, I can have all that cash in my pocket, uh, falling out of my pockets but it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day uh if uh, you know it's not uh, legit at least in my eyes it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter to me uh you know i have to be able to to you know have that uh, above uh, uh board and documented so the next uh, red flag uh, that i've had is people who ask if contracts are necessary this one is another huge red flag for me because what this tells me is that right away, even before I've, I've laid the first stripe on their lawn, that they're only looking for a temporary solution, that they're not looking for somebody to mow all season lawn, that they are typically the type of client that just wants you for the spring month. Uh, so like, uh, May, June, uh, the two really heavy growth months, uh, the two months, like I've t- talked about this past month where the lawn is lawns. It's warm enough where lawns are growing like crazy from week to week. Uh, and in particular this year, uh, it's always wet, uh, even if it's not raining, if it's, if it's just overcast, Uh, you know, because it's rained within a day or two, it's not, you know, the sun hasn't come out to dry out anything. So the lawns are always wet and it's a constant battle. And a lot of times homeowners are just, you know, they don't want to deal with it, but they don't want to, uh, contract you out for the whole year because, you know, again, they're not clients that typically have pride in their properties, Uh, In a lot of cases, they just want you to deal with the heavy lifting, uh, quote unquote, uh, of the job. And then when it gets easy, then they don't want to, you know, hire you uh, to do it. They want uh, uh, to take it over. So I've had that in the past where, um, you know, clients uh, ask me for a quote, I go and quote them in the spring, they say great. And then I start doing it. And after a month, a month and a half, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to cancel service at the end of, uh, you know, such and such at the end of this month or whatever the case may be. And it's happened over and over again, uh, over the years, and has nothing to do with the quality of the service or anything like that. It's strictly that they were never looking for a a full year of service anyways they were just looking for a temporary person to mow when the lawn is at that growth uh, that highest growth period because here in the Pacific Northwest typically what happens is you know the lawn st- starts to grow in March March and a, you know partway through April it's usually still pretty chilly you know the lawn is kind of uh, starting out um slow it's not growing as quickly then, you know, mid-April, May to about halfway through June typically is like, you know, what I call like hell week, hell month, um, where the lawns are just growing so heavy um, and it's always wet uh, and, you know, it's a ton of work uh, to get through. So that's what they're looking for. You know, In that June, uh, halfway through June, the temperature really starts to warm up, and I've talked about how here, um, you know, because typically we have so much rain, a lot of, the majority of houses don't have sprinkler systems and irrigation systems, and then you uh, put that together with watering bands and stuff like that, that, um, you know, uh, people just don't water their lawns, so then they go crispy brown uh, very quickly uh, through the summer and stuff. And so customers are just looking for that—you know, just give me that service throughout the, you know, the that month and a half or so in the spring, and then that's it. And you know, the problem with that, as I've said uh, in the past, is that you know when I'm quoting lawns in the spring, I'm committing to those customers to mow their lawns throughout. You know that season, and the majority of calls for lawn mowing. Yes, you do get calls throughout the year uh, from people that move and all that sort of stuff that uh, you know moving into houses in the area. But the majority, for sure, is always in the spring uh, that you're getting those calls. And being a solo operator, there's only a certain limit or amount of houses that I can do uh, in you know by myself uh, in a typical day. So once my schedule fills up, I am turning down clients. Now, those clients that I'm turning down could be clients that were looking for service all year long. And I'm turning them down because my schedule is full, not knowing that some of these clients that I just picked up this year were only looking for, you know, mowing for this month uh, because they're not divulging that information. Uh so then, you know, after a month or so of that heavy growth uh ending, and then they're like, Oh yeah, we don't need you to mow anymore. And now you've got an empty spot that could be empty on your schedule for a month or so or however long it takes until that next call comes in that happens to work in that schedule on that day for that root density, um, you know, becomes an issue. And that's why I, you know, over the years you know, you learn, you you start, you adjust your policies. And that's why last year was the first year in, uh, you know, 17 years or so that I added a cancellation policy to my list of policies. Never had a cancellation policy before. Uh, but that's the reason why I added a cancellation policy was well, because of that, because I was still encountering that after you know 16 years at the time of customers uh doing that of uh you know hiring me and then uh, having me mow through just the spring and then uh letting me go uh after the spring because that's all they wanted was sort of a short short term uh mow even though i was quoting them uh for you know uh, and basing a price on them being a customer uh over the full season so uh, asking if a contract is needed, uh, a red flag. Another red flag is uh, if a customer, after you quote them and, you know, you have, uh, you know, sort of your uh, ser- your services listed of what you're doing, you know, your mow, trim, blow, edging, all that sort of stuff, you know, depending on what you do in your business. And then they ask you uh, or say something like, um, well, how much would it be, If you only trim, you know, every two weeks, Uh, or how much would it be if you don't do the edging or how much would it be, you know, and it's again, a red flag for me, uh, because for one to have to keep track of this week, I'm going to come mow this lawn, but I'm not going to trim it this week. I'm just going to mow or, you know, this is the week to edge, but you know, or this is the week not to edge because they don't want to you know, pay uh, as much or they want a break uh, on their mowing price or whatever the case may be is a huge pain. Uh, Number two, uh, if they are, uh, uh, the other thing I say to them when, if they ask for something like that, uh, again, is, you know what, I, I can't do it because when I'm out here, mowing your lawn, all your neighbors are going to see me doing it and they're all going to see the name on that trailer. And if I'm mowing your lawn and not trimming, uh, you know, those areas that need to be trimmed, uh, like the perimeters and around the tree trunks and all that sort of stuff, it's going to look terrible. And that's going to reflect poorly on me because they're not going to know that you're specifically asking me not to trim or not to edge uh, to save money, uh, you know they're going to think that that's my uh, quality of work. Uh, that I'm lazy. That I'm not, you know, doing it properly. So you know, just another red flag for me. So the next red flag that I've had is one where a customer will come up and ask for service. Uh, Typically, uh, this um, has happened with walk-ups. It's also happened with uh, people calling. I've had it with uh, a quote where somebody called me to do a a lawn mowing quote, but also... um, I've had it with a walk up client where I was mowing a client, and then a neighbor walked up and asked me about aerating. And where the red flag happens is that they ask me for, you know, how much it'll be, but then they say that, you know, how much would it be, and if I get, and then they say, you know, this neighbor, and this neighbor, and this neighbor, and this neighbor. To all sign up, you know how much would it be for that? Or they say something like, um, you know, if you um, give me a good price, then uh, I'll talk to the neighbors and you know such and such, and you know, and and you know, get them to sign up and stuff. And it's a huge red flag because there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee one that. You're going to be able; they're going to be able to get the neighbors to sign up, and then you've already committed to a price to them. There's no guarantee that if they do get the neighbors to sign up, that those neighbors uh, are going to say uh, signed up. Uh, you know, every everybody is different. Everybody um, is, you know, has their own uh, intentions. And the other thing is is that if it's the customer uh if it's that one that first person trying to arrange all of it then that's a huge red flag too because then then you are agreeing to a service with other property owners who you haven't talked to directly and that brings up a whole bunch of red flags as you guys know for me when i'm sending a quote the customer is requesting a quote E- through uh, the website, through the email, I'm sending them that quote form back. It's got all those policies. They're responding, yes, that they want it done. They know all the policies. I now have that sort of, uh, you know, for the record in writing, uh, that correspondence back and forth that they requested a quote. I give them the quote. They've accepted the quote. It's all in writing. So, you know, and with that sort of situation, you would still, I would still price them out as individual lawns, I wouldn't be giving them um, any sort of a break. Because again, there's no guarantee that uh, one is going to stay. And you know, you're basing sort of a a reduction in price because you're not moving the truck and stuff. But there's no guarantee that they're staying, that those customers are going to be long term customers. And then uh, you're left, uh, you know, having to uh, continue to mow other people's lawns when some of the customers, you know, may or may cancel on that, uh, you know, that they've made arrangements with, uh, and then you're still giving a discounted price now, and you're still having to move the truck because you're not doing, you know, if uh, you know three houses sign up, but then only two, um, uh, or only one of like the three three houses sign up, uh, if only one stays long term then, you know, they've locked in sort of this uh, uh, reduced rate based on uh, having those uh, three houses all together. So treat them as individuals, don't get them uh, sort of group pricing uh, that way, because there's no guarantee that uh, that group is going to stay uh, signed up uh, over the long term. Uh, What happens if one of them decides to move? What happens, uh, you know, that, that, you're going to go back to those other clients and now adjust their price because of thing probably not so you're going to stay now with that reduced pricing based on uh, having uh, you know those three properties Uh, so there's no guarantee with that Uh, so that's a red flag for me uh and i've had customers do that i i had one guy who was he was pretty sneaky um he was trying to arrange uh you know, a bunch of neighbors uh, for the mowing and stuff, but he didn't want me to talk to any of the neighbors. Um, You know, he gave me permission and said he had permission for me to go look at each of the houses. Um, And, you know, I did knock on the doors of some of the houses. uh, And, you know, they did confirm that, yes, they knew what was going on, that I was giving them a price of, but he only wanted me to deal with him. And I, I had the feeling that he, you know he was trying to get me to uh, come up uh, with a price and all that sort of stuff, but then that he was kind of baking in whatever the cost of his lawn mowing was going to be, uh, and like kind of dividing it among all the other neighbors' mowing prices so that they'd all be paying uh, and having his lawn included in that for free uh, is sort of uh, uh, the signs I was getting. Um, just that sort of intuition that feeling i was getting just the way he was talking and and things and being very you know make sure you'll, um, you know um you know don't uh, just talk to me only all that sort of stuff it was, it was just very very strange in the end i didn't end up uh, uh doing uh, that those jobs and stuff i just was it was just too much uh um the pricing i gave him i stuck with my pricing i didn't really give them a discount on any of it because again um the red flags were just popping up and and they didn't go with me uh because of it uh because of the the pricing they said was too expensive and i was like it's you guys are out of line um, at any rate um the other red flag for me uh and it's something uh, more to do with pricing is when the the customer you give them a price and they come back to you with a you know they say well the my last guy did it for this much right so it doesn't matter what the last guy Uh, did it for. Um, You know, a lot of times that's just a ploy uh, where, you know, they've just got sort of a a set, um, uh, you know, price in mind of what they want to pay. I've even had customers come up to me saying, I've had walk-ups. I had one just the other day. Um, I was doing a a lawn and uh, one of my customers' lawns, the neighbor across the street walked up to me and uh his lawn was overgrown hadn't been cut in a while and he says uh would you mow my lawn every week for 20 bucks cash and i said nope (laughs) and he said uh oh do i have to call the office or something uh and i just said yep (laughs) sort of thing. Right. And he said, Oh, okay. I just thought, I said, yeah, sorry. I can't do that. And that was it. And it was like, I'm not mowing your lawn for 20 bucks cash, uh, each week. Uh, you know, so many red flags there. Your lawn hasn't been mowed in a long time. You're trying to set the price for me. Um, you know, and I'm thinking, are you crazy? Like the price of gas right now is so ridiculous that even me sitting here, um, uh, you know, uh, already being in this area, it's still not worth it for me to to walk across the street and mow your lawn each week for 20 bucks cash. Uh, you know, it just doesn't make sense. I just said, you know what? If you want, uh, I just kind of, I always play it off as, you know, because you know like he said there uh you know do I have to call the office or whatever right so because of my branding uh, the company looks a lot bigger than what it is it looks like a big franchise type company and I've had lots of people uh, come up to ask me over the years if I have franchises available and stuff like that um so you know it gives off that impression so you know this guy uh was basically like oh do I have to call the office and arrange I said yeah just go to the website and there's a you know a thing there that you can request a quote uh and you know. Uh, And go from there, right? Because then he gets that full uh, deal with the policies and all that sort of stuff. Uh, The other uh, big red flag for me is if there's trash all around the property, if there's just junk and garbage and things strewn about, car parts and things like that, it's a huge red flag because number one, if that stuff is all on the lawn, it's a pain to deal with uh trimming around trash takes so much longer than just trimming straight along a fence line so if there's constantly stuff changing you know the job's always changing in terms of where stuff is or isn't in the lawn um, you know, whether it's car parts and tires and things like that, that's a huge pain in the butt to have to be adjusting your trimming time each and every week because of obstacles and things along. The other thing is the danger factor of that, of just unknowns of stuff. It's very easy to miss stuff in grass. Um, you know, metal parts and tools and screwdrivers and things like there's so much stuff that I've seen over the years that, um, you know, can be hidden in the lawn, especially from clients that don't care that they're just, you know, their, their properties are a mess. Um, and, And it all comes down to me to those things that just people that don't have pride in their properties. And I don't know if it's, you know, just something that I was grew up on uh was you know when i grew up as a kid the whole neighborhood everybody uh the street that i lived on everybody looked after their properties everybody mowed their lawns every week everybody had flower beds and all that sort of stuff and it's just something that stuck with me uh that so you know when i don't see um you know, and I can't say every house because now I'm thinking back, and there was, you know, a couple houses here and there where uh, on the street where, you know, their grass would grow tall and stuff. But for the most part, most people had pride in their properties. All the neighbors knew each other, all that sort of stuff, right? Uh, so it was, it's one of those things that stick with me. So when I see lawns where people don't care about their properties, um, where they let their lawns grow, You know, and there's, you know, there's some in my neighborhood right now that are like that, that they mow, they might mow their lawn three times a year, uh, where they just leave the lawn growing and stuff. And it's such an eyesore, um, especially when, you know, people are moving to a neighborhood where the vast majority do take care of the property. It's one of the things that attracts you to the neighborhood is that it's such a nice looking neighborhood. And then, you know, you get these people, you know, people that move in and then they don't take care of the property and it's like why would you even like it makes no sense so it's one of those things that just uh a little bit of uh rant there (laughs) from me but uh it's just one of those things and it's just a red flag for me if there's trash and, and stuff it's just not my ideal uh customer that you know if it's somebody that doesn't take pride in their property that they leave trash about that they don't want um scheduled mowing that they're asking you know how much not to trim one week uh, or you know how much would it be le- if you don't do the edging um, you know and things like that it's just if they don't have pride in their property then they're the cheapest price is their sole motivating factor and the problem with that is a, a couple things it's that Number one, is very difficult to build a business and build profitability with your business, with customers that don't care, with customers that just want to pay the least amount possible. This means that they are not going to be asking you to do hedges. This means that they're not going to ask you to prune their trees. This means that they're not going to ask you for fertilizing, for aerating, for lime, for overseeding top dressing all of those very lucrative extras they strictly want you to mow and they want you to do it as least as possible so that you know they're paying as cheap as possible this also means that the very next you know time they get a flyer from a chuck in a truck uh, at their front door that has no clue uh how to be profitable, or actually make money in this business, they will drop you because that dude is offering $20 most. And, you know, it's, it's not even worth the time uh, to do clients like that. Um, it's counterintuitive to think that you know you drive through a neighborhood and you see uh, lawns that are well taken care of and properties that are well taken care of, and to target those properties versus you know seeing the lawns that lawns that need um, lawn cutting that have like overgrown lawns and overgrown bushes and things like that. But for me, I have found in the long run that those are those ideal customers. Uh, And like I say, it's counterintuitive. It's like, um, I've seen like guys that do like gutter face cleaning, like cleaning the faces of gutters and things like that. Um, And, you know, when you see them going through neighborhoods, they're obviously not, uh, they're only knocking on doors of houses that have dirty looking gutters, Uh, they're not, uh, or like house washing companies, right? They're going to houses that are dirty looking. They're not going to the houses that are sparkly and shiny looking because obviously those people don't need their houses washed. But with lawn mowing, it's kind of different. Like you can target those lawns that need mowing. And if you're just looking for a one-time mow and you just want to do, you know, that sort of thing, overgrown lawns and stuff like that, then hey, that's a strategy. But if you're looking for, Uh, ideal clients, that are going to be long-term clients, that are going to be profitable clients in the long run, then targeting those neighborhoods that are well looked after is the strategy, is targeting those clients that have pride in their neighborhoods, pride in their properties. So those are, and again, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm not trying to tell you guys that you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way. I'm just, as always, basing um, and giving you the information that I've used and and the lessons that I've learned that work for me in my lawn care business for how I want to set up my lawn care business. And it has, um, you know, over the years proven to be, successful for me. Um, it's the houses, the properties that I enjoy. Uh, it's the customers that are asking me to do those extras, uh, which in turn allows me not to have so many customers. Uh, I can have a smaller group of customers. I can have those customers, you know, dense, uh, with that root density, uh, all around, uh, you know, my own neighborhood. I can, um, typically come back to my house every three or four houses that I mow to come home and use the washroom, uh, grab a glass of water, whatever I need, then go out and do the next because the root is so dense uh, that uh, it just works fantastically. So, but it's taken, you know, years to get to that point. But anyways, those are uh, the red flags uh, that I have uh, discovered uh, over the years, uh, over the past 17 years uh, in quoting lawn mowing jobs. And those are typically uh, the lawns that uh, I really uh, avoid. And that's why, you know, if you go to my YouTube channel and things like that, I'm not doing Um, tons and tons of, uh, you know, um, tall grass jobs and things like that, like a lot of these YouTube channels that are getting uh, crazy, crazy, um, you know, uh, views and stuff like that. Uh, Seems to be a a really weird internet obsession with uh, YouTube channels that just mow crazy overgrown lawns. Uh, You'll see one or two on the channel and stuff like that. But that's about it, because I'm targeting customers uh, for the profitability of uh, having that customer as a long-term customer Um, where uh, some other guys will have different strategies so it all depends on what uh, you want to do in your uh, lawn care business so uh, that's it for this one guys here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business bye for now